gold or silver. When in May 1837, New York banks could not meet continuing demands for specie and refused to convert paper money into gold or silver, panic ensued. In short order, a third of the nation's banks folded, unemployment soared, credit became unavailable, the price of cotton fell dramatically, and food prices escalated. Van Buren had to decide what, if anything, the federal government would do to alleviate the nation's economic woes. He could refuse to veer from the Jacksonian principle of limited federal government, a principle Van Buren had promised to uphold while campaigning for the presidency, and take a hands-off approach. Or he could argue for federal intervention and support the creation of the Third Bank of the United States, abandon the species circular, which critics blamed for the economic chaos, and agree to the establishment of a uniform national currency. The latter were policies that the opposing party, the Whigs, insisted were essential to stopping the country's economic downward spiral. According to the Whigs, Congress had the power to advance these measures under the Necessary and Proper Clause, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 18, as interpreted by the Supreme Court in McCullough v. Maryland, the Commerce Clause, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3, and the Coinage Clause, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 5. Reiterating the Jeffersonian conviction that it was not for the federal government to rescue the states or people in economic distress, Van Buren opposed the rechartering of the National Bank, maintained the species circular, and rejected any notion that the federal government, separate from the states and the private sector, could manage money and other fiscal affairs. Reaffirming the statements he made in his inaugural address regarding his duty to adhere strictly to the letter and spirit of the Constitution as it was designed by those who framed it, and to prevent the federal government from interfering in matters left to the states, Van Buren declared, All communities are apt to look to government for too much. If, therefore, I refrain from suggesting to Congress any specific plan for regulating the exchanges of the country, relieving mercantile embarrassments, or interfering with the ordinary operations of foreign and domestic commerce, it is from a conviction that such measures are not within the constitutional province of the general government. Nevertheless, Van Buren did not reject all possible avenues of federal intervention to combat the crippling depression. Since the Constitution empowered Congress to coin money, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 5, Van Buren believed that Congress had some authority, albeit limited, to remedy the evils of depreciated paper currency and to reform the banking system. In an effort to provide stability and predictability to America's financial system, Van Buren proposed that federal funds be deposited in and controlled by an independent treasury system and not the state banks, as had been the case since Andrew Jackson's second term. Van Buren's proposal was immediately met with congressional resistance from all sides. The fight lasted for three years, but in 1840, an independent treasury bill was finally passed. This enactment, as modest as it was, set a constitutional precedent that Van Buren himself might have found troubling in light of his view that the federal government did not belong in the business of addressing the country's economic problems. Indeed, the treasury bill established that the federal government would intervene 
and institutes solutions to a national economic crisis. The Depression, however, continued, and the failure of Van Buren's plan to help the nation underscored the ineffectiveness of this president's narrow construction of federal power. Ultimately, it was one of the reasons the electorate denied Van Buren a second term in the White House. The Amistad Case In his inaugural address, Van Buren announced that he would resist any efforts by Congress to interfere in slavery where it existed. I must go into the presidential chair, the inflexible and uncompromising opponent to every attempt on the part of Congress to abolish slavery in the District of Columbia against the wishes of the slaveholding states, and also with a determination equally decided to resist the slightest interference with it in the states where it exists. In fact, Van Buren went so far as to support...